0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This might be the best freshman class Syracuse has ever had after all. Uh, Syracuse took down Notre Dame. We're going to talk about that, give you our thoughts, takes, and opinions. And Miami is tonight, one of the biggest tests Syracuse has had all season long in Coral Gables tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, We'll talk about that as well. It's all on Locked On Syracuse, and it starts right now.
1: Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Monday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. That's linkedin.com slash College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Um, Notre Dame, Uh, fell to Syracuse 78-73 to inside the JMA Wireless Dome. Uh, It was a freshman-led fight for Syracuse. Chris Bell, I mean, he played out of his skin. That guy was on a mission to show everybody that he can play at Syracuse University, and he did just that. 17 points, five threes cashed. Three rebounds, too. How about that for Chris? Uh, But he was really, really good in that game. JG3 got hurt. He got his face smushed into the ground, uh, and he wasn't really the same after that. And Judah and Bell and and everybody really picked up the slack. Malik Brown was great once again, 15 points, six rebounds for him, a couple of blocks. I mean, it really was just... It was a game where I was almost fully convinced they were going to lose, and then it was a game where I was just it was a little bit vintage in how they came back uh, and they showed their, their work to give up and they fought. And I, I really loved that. Uh, and it was just a really, really hearty win. hundred percent. It felt like a game where
1: we, I was watching the first half and early second half. And I was like, all right, we fell into the trap, right? We got brought back in. We were ready to do it. We wanted to jump on it. We were so excited. And here we are, we're wrong. We got, you know, brought back in, We thought there was something magical happening here and we realized it wasn't. And then all of a sudden this freshman lineup with four freshmen and Jesse Edwards was like, Oh no, we're back. We're here. We're ready. And they played outstanding. Uh, They were the reason they erased the deficit. They looked really good. I think it was Mike waters who asked Beheim after the game. When's the last time you can remember having four freshmen on the floor at one time in non-garbage minutes. And Jim just started laughing and said, I, I don't have to think this has never happened. And wow. that is the reality of of what this team did and what you know those four freshmen were able to do in terms of Brown, in terms of Bell, in terms of Judah, and in terms of, who am I missing here? Uh, Justin Taylor, outstanding, drove the comeback, looked really confident, looked solid. It was fun to see the Syracuse offense tear apart a 2-3 zone like we've gotten used to opposing teams, tear apart a 2-3 zone. And Malik Brown owned that short corner. And Chris Bell was money from three. And I think he was sort of giving his, uh, I don't know, his foxtrot unicorn, if we're going to use those kinds of words, to everybody who was like, all right, it's set in stone, me included. He doesn't need to be in there. He doesn't need to be in getting these minutes. And he was like, hey, hold on. All right, I can shoot the ball. And if we remember back, Jim Bayheim preseason, said outside of Joe Girard, Chris Bell is the best shooter on the team. did say that. And over the last two months, yeah, yeah, he was the best shooter on the team. Uh-huh. That's him, right? Yesterday. Okay. Chris Bell could shoot the ball. It was fun to see. It was good to see him bounce back. It was good to see, you know, the team fight. And really, as you said, a hearty, hard-fought win uh, where where they could have rolled over. And the way things looked and the deficit, Gerard hurt, although he didn't look incredible before the injury. Uh, Gerard goes down and the team says, all right, let's play. Let's fight. Let's battle. And this team is now 5-2 and two in ACC play this season for the first time in five years. So, albeit the ACC is down, I like to see that this team is fighting. They're figuring some things out. And it is nice. It's interesting. It's fun to watch, even if they're not a great team. They are here to battle. They're here to figure some things out. And it is cool to see this team starting to figure out its identity and showing that they're ready to grind game or game in and game out.
0: I'm uh, just taking a look at our Twitter now uh, because we do have a preview to get to. So I want to uh, get to the replies because we appreciate all the replies uh, you guys gave us. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going through it. Uh, here's one from Cole who is a, a, regular in our comment section. He goes, uh, Malik Brown is the most consistent player on the team. Is it even close? Also, Jesse played great this game, but earlier on Jim could have subbed in John bolt. He looked exhausted and we could have used JBA's energy. I feel bad for Benny and Saimir too. I hope they get more opportunity. Uh, I don't know. JBA. I think, I, I think I'm over the JBA fad, but, in the second thing, uh I just wanted to point out as well Benny only eleven minutes in this game i I don't know what's going to happen to Benny Williams in ACC play as we get deeper, but if he doesn't you know just play his role that beheim wants him to play as much as he possibly can and as well as he possibly can, I don't think we're going to see a lot of him uh, because that win showed us that. I don't know that they necessarily need him to win games. Um, But, you know, only 11 minutes for a kid who has been hyped up. And and don't get me wrong. I I really like Benny. I'm on the Benny train. I think he's a really talented player. I just think that he doesn't quite play the role that the team needs him to play. Uh, And Beheim has said that in, in press conferences and saying he's too focused on jump shots. He doesn't want to get rebounds or play defense, blah, blah, blah. Um, So I'm just saying, I think Benny might be on thin ice. Yeah. And, and sometimes it is
1: also a circumstance and I think this is partially it. And I'm not here to say that, that Benny's been playing incredibly lately because, you know, I think even he, he seems very self-aware. He seems to get things pretty well. He's not going to come and argue and say that he's been playing incredible basketball right now, but this is also the case of a good player, a talented player in Benny Williams who just is getting outplayed right now not even due to a lack of effort malik brown is balling right now and playing outstanding basketball and Beheim said it post game right he has deserved to play the most minutes at that position so far and it is 100 correct in the last month he has earned that role he has earned the minutes and it's not even a bashing of benny williams at this point in my mind anymore could Benny be playing better? Yes. Could Benny maybe earn some more minutes? One hundred percent. But this is a nod to Malik Williams, and not as much a knock against Benny. And I, I think Benny can Malik Brown. That I who'd I say? You said Malik Williams. Who even is that? Uh, Malik You've, Brown. You yeah. use Benny and Malik. Look, the brain is working uh, in mysterious ways today. We're getting there. Uh, yes, correct. Uh, I, I think this is the nod to Malik Brown. And Benny can still step it up. I don't want Benny to not play because I think he can bring some solid rebounding and he's got the ability to be really solid offensively. I think we have sort of just surpassed the the amount of patience that you can have with him in terms of taking minutes away from a guy in Malik Brown who is taking advantage of every minute he gets on the court and is in the right place at the right time, really works well off of Jesse and is able to, you know, just sort of sit back. He's not doing anything crazy, but, or most of the time, right. He's got his big plays. He can put the ball on the floor if he needs to, but most of the time he just sort of is in the right spot, which is a nod to him, right. You got to be in the right position. And he is able to capitalize on the fact that defenses need to collapse, especially smaller defenses need to collapse on Jesse. And oftentimes That leaves him open. And he owned the short corner against the Notre Dame 2-3 zone in this game uh, and has been incredibly successful offensively. And you're starting to see it as you are getting, right, some higher assist numbers from Jesse Edwards at this point. And he's able to, you know, find more times than not a wide-open Malik. And, And it has been awesome, right? Six assists last game for Jesse, four assists this game for Jesse, he's being able to distribute out of the five spot really effectively. And that is where a lot of the, the rise of Malik Brown is is able to come from as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you know, just a final point on it. I just, I just think, you know, this could be the real turning point in the season because this was the first game that the freshmen did it. I mean, Joe and, and Jesse combined for 20 points. It really wasn't them. It was everybody else. So I think that everybody, you know, and, and with the Miami game tonight, like, we might, even if they lose and they play well, I mean, this might be the turning point uh, in the season to where things kick into high gear and you actually start to say, okay, they've got a chance. Um, but who, who knows? I could be wrong. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. This one brought to you by LinkedIn. Uh, as, small, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know the success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates with more efficiently or more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post uh, company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college. That's LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. shop the year's of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero term mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Okie doke. Um, Let's get on to Miami. Uh, This is a really, really good Miami team that Syracuse is going to face tonight in Coral Gables on the road against a really, really strong team. Last I checked, they're ranked 16th in the nation. Uh, And when you look at even, you know, the stat sheet on their basketball reference page, it's pretty um, obvious as to what they do well and maybe what they don't do well, and they just score. This is a team that is going to attempt to run you out of the building. They're top 50 in scoring in the nation, and it comes from a lot of different guys. They have four different double-digit scorers on this team, including a couple of guys who have joined the team uh, just this year. That's Nigel Pack, who transferred from Kansas State. He, he's in his third season of college basketball and in his third season, as well as Norchad Omie, uh, who is uh, from Arkansas State. Both those guys uh, averaged 17 points per game last year, Omier closer to 18 points per game, uh, and they joined this Miami team that already has a guy in Isaiah Wong who has shown that he can be one of the best scorers in the ACC. He's a two-time All-ACC player already, scored 15 points per game last year, 17 a couple years ago, this year 17. Uh, They they just have a lot of scoring, this team, and they've played a lot of teams really, really well this year. They did lose their last game to NC State, uh, which came as a shock to, I think, probably everybody, because with what I'm saying about this Miami team, you'd think they're going to steamroll teams, and they have done that. Uh, for the majority of their schedule, aside losses to Maryland, uh, Georgia Tech, and now NC State. Uh, Is it a winnable game for Syracuse? Yes, but it ain't going to be easy. It is not going to be easy to go down to the Watsco Center and beat this team, because it might be the most talented team Jim Laranega has had, and I don't even know how long, probably since when Miami went to the tournament back in 2017-18 uh, and were at one point ranked sixth in the country. Uh, so Miami, a really, really tough team. Uh, I don't know if you've seen their Ken Pompey, Owen, but there is a lot of green on there. And rightfully so. And, I mean, the first thing when we
1: started looking at, at Miami for this game and what I've been seeing from them throughout the season, Isaiah Wong is still really good. Uh, And can score. And in the last eight games, he's averaging almost 22 points a game, uh, 17 on the season, but he's just a good player. He's going to make you work for every stop that you can get on him. And as you said, this is a team with a a ton of really, really powerful stats in terms of their offense. They're top 15 in the country in adjusted efficiency for offense. Uh, they they take advantage of the ball and and they take advantage of opportunities that they get. They shoot almost sixty percent from uh, from inside the arc on the season as a team. They're incredibly efficient uh, and they work really well. And that's something that I think can be a little worrisome because even with the recent success, I don't think a ton of it has been to incredible defensive play for Syracuse. There have been you know strong stretches for them in games where. They're playing solid defense, and that's where they're able to come back a lot of the times and and claw from deficits or expand on a lead. But I don't think anybody in the Syracuse fan base is saying they're playing you know 40 minutes of staunch defense recently. That's not really the key. They're playing slightly better defense, which is keeping them in games. They're limiting second chance opportunities a lot more. But I think this is something that still is worrisome as to how much Miami scores and works the ball on offense and and really takes advantage of open opportunities and even contested opportunities. They're so efficient and effective at scoring that it's something that Syracuse is going to really have to say, all right, there are no second chance points here. You are going to have to take every single opportunity to limit them to one shot as humanly possible because as a team that shoots you know, almost 60% from two, as I said, and they're not incredible from three, but they're really efficient inside the arc. Uh, you give a team two shots that's shooting 60% um, more times than not, uh, they're going to walk away with two points there, if not three. So you have to be able to limit the second chance points. And I think this is a really big opportunity, once again, for Malik Brown to continue the success. And you're going to look, and Chris Bell has done a little bit better in terms of rebounding. But this is a game where you're going to have to circle that and really look in on it and make sure that it's, it's happening every single ball People have to find a body, got to get boxed out, got to limit their ability to, to take that second chance points. But this is a good Miami team. They are, what, you said 16th in the country um, and very deserving. And in the down year for the ACC, they're the second team in terms of ACC rankings in the country right now. So this is yeah. not a a typical, not that Miami is typically a complete blowover game, but this is a game that is incredibly worrisome for Syracuse, even given the recent success that the Orange have seen.
0: It's also a game in which we see a situation that we're going to see a lot this year uh, in that Syracuse is playing a team with a lot of experience and Syracuse itself doesn't have a lot of experience. As we've talked about the freshman many times, you'll know that Syracuse is built mainly off of uh, a younger core, despite uh, JG3 and Jesse. Now, uh, Miami has gone out and successfully crafted their team utilizing the transfer portal about as well as you possibly can. Uh, so they bring in a ton of experience from other teams as well as their own. Um, so that's something that Syracuse is going to have to deal with like they've dealt with so far this season, even as recently as the Notre Dame game, which is a team of basically all seniors and J.J. Starling. Uh, so that's another thing that that is going to be difficult to navigate. Um, and something we've seen all year and are going to continue to see is these freshmen slowly adapt to the ACC. Uh, and we've watched that already uh, in some of the tough battles that they've had. So, I mean, again, this is not going to be any kind of an easy game. If they win this one, which it'll be tough, Syracuse is going to have to fight, claw for it. 100%. This is
1: another one of these litmus tests, and, and I feel like it's it's consistent, and every game right now feels so important and so telling for Syracuse. And this is no exception, right? We're, we're taking away so much about this team and these players game in and game out right now. And it is such an, an ever changing sort of mentality that we have with regards to each player for Syracuse and with regards to the team as a whole, right? We went from, and obviously, you know, you sort of ebb and flow with these situations. We went from, you know, Chris Bell needs to stop playing to, okay to all right we've seen now the forward situation sort of work itself out and bell is the odd man looking in right now and then all of a sudden kabang chris bell needs to play He can shoot the ball like that they could show up
0: they could show up and he could have a game like that uh and it would be you know absurd um so who knows we'll see um but let's adjust
1: and and adapt like that and there it is
0: yeah um all right let's get to some predictions but first Let's get you an ad read from Bet Online. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season and basketball. It's all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, they've got those too. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, the line that uh, Action Network has on this one is seven and a half uh, point dogs for Syracuse um, down at the Watsco Center in Coral Gables. Owen's got a smirk on his face. I don't know why. Um, care to share? What are you giggling at over there? Nothing. I'm just excited about the game tonight. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the uh-huh. team... Owen. Owen's the teacher of the two of us, but now I've got to be the teacher. He's giggling over there in the corner of the classroom. And I'm like, what are you talking about over there? You care to share with the class on? No, yeah. I'm I'm just, my voice is a little
1: hoarse. That's all I was thinking <laughs> about. I got a bottle um, of water sitting across the room that I am uh, about 10 minutes away from getting to enjoy.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you, you know, we, we uh, try to amplify hydration on this podcast. So go ahead. But anyway, before we get too off track, Syracuse is playing Miami tonight. Seven and a half point dogs on the road. Um, it's going to be a tough one. We know that. Are you going to be the optimist here or are you going to be the pessimist? I don't know. Well, go. I want your prediction. No, you go. All right, fine. I'll go. Um, right. I'm going to be the optimist. I'm going to say that Syracuse is going to win this basketball game. I'm gonna wow. Say I'm going to say it. just because I want the vibes out there. Um, yeah, I'm sure that they go down there and they they shock Miami. This is probably you know the the ill informed take. Uh, most people are going like bones come on. And I'm listen, I'm just trying to put the good vibes out there. I think that they're going to need a crazy performance from somebody. Joe could go off. We haven't had we haven't seen Joe go off uh in a while. We could get a crazy Judah game. Chris Bell might double up and be incredible. Malik Brown might put in a 36 minute performance of greatness. It's all out there. They just got to go and do it. And they got to play good defense, which they have been doing.
1: have been doing. Yeah, I like where they're at right now, but I, I don't think this is a game that strikes me as incredibly winnable at this point in time. I think they can keep it close. I think they can hover that spread of like seven and a half, as you were saying. I just I don't see this matchup wise as as a game Syracuse wins because of their ability to score their efficiency the way the offense works uh, it seems like something mentally that I see Syracuse struggling to keep pace with on the offensive end for themselves just because of the number of points that that Miami can put up and you know the the offensive slash defensive struggles that Syracuse continues to sort of work through and work around and and there's moments where it's great moments where you know it really struggles and i just don't see them at this point in time walking away with the win and we'll see right they can do it i think they've they've got that sort of potential right now the way they've been playing to come out and do it but i just look at you know the number of points that that miami puts up and even in a loss to nc state they put up over 80 put up almost 90 against BC, Georgia tech held them relatively low at 70, but like, this is a team that that's putting up points and, you know, they beat Virginia. Uh, they're putting up 91 against, you know, not great teams, but like they're, they're scoring the basketball really effectively, really efficiently. And that's something that I I don't think I can overcome enough to say that I think Syracuse is going to go out and win this game. Uh, I do think, if they can keep this close. I don't know if you know what I'll say that I think Miami wins, but Syracuse covers. I guess I will throw out there given the way my rationale just worked itself out.
0: I, I think that's the uh, that's likely the informed take. <laughs> um, it's the safe pick for sure. Um, and uh, you know, I'm gonna stick with mine. I really – obviously, I want to see them go in. Of course, Owen does as well. But uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. You got anything to wrap up? Uh,
1: what's your question of the game for this one? What are you most, like,
0: most interested to see I'm, or I'm figure out a more? I'm super interested in how many minutes Benny plays. I'm super interested because this is a big game. This is yeah. one of the most talented teams that are going to play this year. And I'm super interested to see what behind does because Benny is – He can be really good at defense if he applies himself. He's got a great body for it. He's incredibly athletic. He could be Hakeem Work if he wanted to be. Well, probably not. But he could be really good on defense if he wanted to be. Uh, And we just got to see him apply himself to it. Uh, So that's my big question is what do they do with Benny Williams? I'm
1: curious to see, you know, this is another team that is not big by any means and and a really small team uh, as a whole in terms of, height right and you look at Ken Palm gives the, the majority or the depth chart or most frequent lineups over the last few games and it's not big right their most frequently used lineup has a six seven guy as their biggest player uh and it is you know six seven two fifty with uh with omie but it's it's not great in terms of height and so my question looms very similarly to I think what I was curious about outside of the forward spot uh, going into Notre Dame is how can Jesse be an impact in this game and how efficient or effective he is in terms of using his size to the Syracuse's advantage. And from there, can the forwards continue to build off of that attention and the size discrepancies to get some more open looks? So that's sort of my question is, can Jesse, you know, say, hey, I am a unit In terms of size compared to this team that I am playing, can I take advantage? And that's sort of where I look for this
0: one. Absolutely. Uh, Definitely fair there. Uh, Okay. Um, that's all the time we've got today on Lockdown Syracuse. Thanks for making it your first listen today and every day. For your second one, go check out Lockdown College Basketball with Isaac Shod and Andy Patton. They bring you everything college basketball, and you'll hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. It's Lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's and Valentine. We'll see you tomorrow uh, for a recap of the Miami game.